What is up, everyone? It's the boy, Andy, and welcome to the Sleep Talk with Andy Sleep. Listen in as we dive into what really matters in our lives, ourselves. That's right. Take a listen as we talk about ourselves and what we go through and endure as human beings. Whether that's happiness or sadness, depression or anxiety, loneliness or isolation, we talk about it all. It's going to be raw, but real content as that's all we can be with ourselves. On tonight's episode, we're back with another guest and a very special guest. So sit back and relax as we talk about it all. With love, I love you guys. So what is up, everyone? It is currently Wednesday, November 9th, 5.20 p.m. Central Time. I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you guys are doing great. Actually, with that being said, now, with it being Wednesday, November 9th, the last time I recorded a podcast episode was actually a week ago. So I didn't record an episode on Sunday. That's just because I was busy with family. We had a couple of other stuff going on. But now we are officially back, and we are back with the guest. We have a very special guest. Her name is Deidre Clark. Deidre, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Andy, for having me. Yes, um, I would love to introduce myself, and I just want to thank you so much for having me today. My name is Deidre Clark. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of Minnesota. Um, I formerly have worked for M Health Fairview as an outpatient mental health provider. Um, I've worked for Scott County Mental Health as a mental health provider, and um, I've worked in the past in various school districts, um, ISD 191, that's Burnsville Egan Savage District, and I've always also worked in Richfield um, Middle School and High School as a mental health outpatient therapist and advocate for mental health. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much. It's such a blessing to have you on this podcast. Now, Deidre, don't get me wrong, I believe it was two and a half weeks ago, so October 24th, your son, Jordan's birthday. That's when we met for the first time, right? At the Porter House. And you you talked about what you do for your work, being in the mental health field. And I told myself, I just got to have you on the podcast. And I'm glad you're on the podcast. So I really appreciate that. Now, you talked about what you do for your work. Now, just give us what really made you go into that field of work? What made you want to go into that field of work? Um, in the line of mental health, um, it was back in 2010, I was, I had received my graduate degree, my master's in a human services master's. And I just knew from there, there was something else that I wanted. It was pulling me of, okay, so where do I go from here? I have this master's in human services. I could have chosen like parent education or, you know, just various kind of human services career paths, but something was pulling me and pulling me and it said, no, um, you know, mental health. And I'm, I happen to be a praying woman and I was, I was kind of toiling with it. Like, what do you do now? You have your master's degree. Um, and it was just put on my heart to help heal people. Um, and so I took the master's, I went to Adler graduate school and I was able to go in because I had a master's. I was able to go on a track that would just give me the courses that I would need to fulfill, um, a certificate in marriage and family therapy. And, and that's, and that's the story. That's the real story. <laughs> that's, <great. laughs> that's the truth. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's great. I love it. I love it. So like you said, being an advocate for mental health. So we are in the month of November. And with that being said, November 19th is labeled as Men's Mental Health Day. So for you mm-hmm. being an advocate for mental health, how important do you feel like men's mental health is for you? How important is that for you? That, for me in particular, it's important because right because our friends are men. My friends are men. My, my uncles, my dad, my sons, right? Um, my son's friends are men, you know? And so more and more when I was working in the field, out in the field, um, initially, um, getting a lot of my exposure 
for um, clinical hours because that's what you have to do when you become licensed as a therapist. You get clinical hours and 400 clinical hours in relational hours. And so I was meeting with men and their families and having family sessions. And okay. I was seeing where men were, um, there was a disparity that the societal, they were given, they, there were societal messages that men were given that they couldn't talk about their emotional health and well-being and that's when i became like the super advocate it didn't hurt that i had my own two sons that i was raising i wanted to make sure that i promoted their health their mental health and their their their, their well-being and then i wanted to preserve um their mental health and emotional health and i wanted to make sure that i would promote um, if they're not feeling great, you know, if you're not yeah. feeling good, it's okay. You know, it's okay to, to yeah. express that. Right. And so I just kind of naturally, I don't know. It's just, I think, I think on the path of me getting my clinical hours, meeting men that didn't know it was okay to express themselves, um, to say, I have an emotional need or I have a mental health need or mentally I'm not feeling the greatest. Right. And so, yep. um, I just became a, an advocate for really promoting men, uh, men and their mental health. Okay. Sure. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. And I love that for you. you. And you just said how men not really knowing how to express their feelings that ties into my next question. So I'm pretty sure you've heard the phrase, take it like a man. What do you think of that phrase? What do you think it truly means? And is there a deeper sense beyond that? Because everyone says, oh, take it like a man. Or people would say, you know, as a man, if you show your feelings, that might make you soft. That might come off as an emotional. So what does that phrase to you, take it like a man, mean? And why do you think that phrase is out there? I think the phrase is just something that has a, it's a societal for centuries. I mean, we can take that back to the, you know, prehistoric days where, you know, the man would go out and he was the hunter and he was the gatherer and he was, and he could take, you know, take a lot and he could withstand yeah. winters and the, the, what are those dinosaurs that he would, you know, they would, yeah. they, they would fight and they would just, he was just the tough, he was tough yeah. and he had to be tough and he had to protect, he was the protector and he had to support and he had to, he had all these roles that he played, right? And was there really any room for him to express his emotion yep. you know that would probably have gotten in the way that maybe not though but maybe at the time he would have thought no i don't have time i don't have time to express the emotion i have these things to do right and i think it was personally the wrong message the wrong message i think when you express yourself i think when you let someone know that you have emotional needs and 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 mental health needs and that you're you can't do it all on your own it's okay but society has given these messages for men and masculinity it's a societal yep. view that's been around forever and ever and ever and ever and i think the deeper meaning is you know because it's been around for so long it has become a very in-depth um societal view um, that family of origins have adopted as well. So not only are you hearing it in society, but men can hear it in their families of origins. You know, suck it up. You know, crying yeah. is for girls. And you're tough. You can take anything. Um, I think um, it's it's been the wrong message. It's been the wrong message. I'm out here advocating for men to say, hey, it's okay. It's okay to express your needs. It's okay to say that I need some help. And it's okay to say, hey, it's even okay to say no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that is true that is true and i'm glad you said that now do you feel like that's unfair of to 
you feel like that's unfair for men who want to express their emotions but they feel like if they do express their emotions then they'll get that like bad look on them they're like oh he's either soft or he shows a lot of emotion you think that is unfair i do think it's unfair because i think that when women have you know concerns and problems we can talk we'll chop it chop it up you know uh, with other women or there's groups and you know more and more men are doing that now too but i always just want to make sure that's why i'm an advocate for men's mental health because i want to give them that message that that it is okay yep. it is okay to express your, to express yourself it is okay to get that group of guys um and chop it up with those guys about how you're feeling um since the pandemic there's been a lot more isolation so yep. people are been isolated and i've had a lot more men in my therapy practice tell me i'm, I'm isolated and i said what brings you here and they say I'm, i want to address my mental health needs and you know i always say i'm so happy you're here <laughs> yeah yay i feel you i'm so happy you're here i'm happy you're here because you deserve it exactly exactly and you talked about having just to be able to talk to somebody so how important is it for a man just to have a group of whether that's friends or family that won't say oh if they talk about their feelings i won't say oh you got to suck it up you got to take it like a man but to be there and offer them that love and support how important is that for an individual how important is that for a man to just have the right people to give them the best advice it's very important. I think people should work on, men in particular, should work on um, villages of support. Yep. It's very, very, very important. Um, and I want to say, too, because I'm, a man, uh, again, an advocate for men's mental health, I want to say that I would promote men speaking their truth um, and advocating for themselves of saying, um, if they do get that message of, oh, man, you're okay, suck it up. Um to just be, you know, to, to stand in their truth and yep. to say, um, uh, I, I'm going to speak my truth Yeah. And, and, and I'm not feeling the greatest. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to say. And, uh, and sometimes just stepping out on their faith of, uh, just to advocate and to speak the truth, you know, if they get those messages of, oh, you'll be okay. Suck it up. Like, you know, oh no, I'm not right now. I, I, I need some help and I'm going to reach out to somebody and talk to somebody. That's the stuff I promote just exactly. right there. Exactly. And I love that for you. I feel like that's great. And that's one of the main reasons why I know I've said a lot of my podcast, but that's one of the main reasons why I started my podcast, because when it comes to mental health, you know, a lot of people might not want to talk about it with other people because it's a touchy subject and they don't want to come off as that type of person. So I really like that for you. I think what you're doing is great. And with that being said, what is just overall the best thing about your work? I know you talked about what you do, but for you, what is the best feeling you get about your work when it's all said and done? creating the change i mean validating people you know there's a lot of people that i work with that have had trauma trauma experiences depression anxiety other mental health disorders sometimes just life a career change can you know make people be uncertain or a man say hey you know i'm questioning if i should do this or not you know life transitions grief loss and i just promote you know just promote them just being there and and being able to speak their truth and really validating them that's one of the things that really i love about my job is to validate people and to meet them where they're at um, I'm very relational. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and so what that what that really is is it means that we are a relational in the way that we conceptualize and the way that we conceptualize the problem. We conceptualize it in a way that there's a greater system that's attached to that man, and so that system can be 
you know, society, that system can be work, that system can be family, that system, he's tied to things. He's not just, he's individual, but he's also got problems yeah. and concerns that consist of a bigger, more complex, kind of like a, you know, the ecosystem, right? Yep. It's the bigger, it's bigger, right? So he's connected, you know, people are connected. And so I, a marriage and family therapist understands that. So we're very relational when we, we meet people where they're at. I love that. I love that. That's a great answer right there. Now, for any anybody out there, all the men out there that are struggling through mental health or just at mm-hmm. a point in their life where they're struggling, the best advice that you give them or just to tell them to keep pushing, how would you say that to them? Like, if I were to come to you and if I were to say, I'm not doing good right now, what can I do? What message would you give to me just to tell me to keep pushing? I would say if you came to me... um, First, I'm going to be my true authentic self, and I'm going to encourage you to be your true authentic self. Um, I'm going to listen. Uh, If you're coming to me for the very first time, I'm going to really validate you. But I'm also going to say thank you for coming because I know that it took some time with, you know, it's a problem sometimes where society sees you, you know, expressing yourself or admitting that there's a problem. There might be a problem with yourself admitting that I have a problem um, and seeking help, you know, because a lot of times men don't ask for help. I can carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. So I'm going to validate. And I, you know, I dare to say use the word brave because I I use it for women as well. Thank you. You're so brave to to make this step, right? So I validate people. But some of the other things that I would say as far as advice to you, I would say you're worth it and you're deserving of addressing your mental health and your emotional health. I would say there is treatment available. There are resources available. And you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to wear the weight of the world on your shoulders or no more. Yeah. Um, you can allow others to be supportive. You can create a village of support. Yeah. Um, and I would say don't rule out medication management. Don't rule it out. You know, um, don't, um, you know, to have for help with managing mental health symptoms. Um, and self-care. Self-care is essential. I often give homework assignments to my therapy clients of small homework assignments to create behavior changes. And self-care is always one of the assignments that I give. Do something that just for you. I don't care if it's meditative music, going for a walk, going to the gym, jump roping, video game, gaming. I don't care. But something that you get to do for you that restores you. Yeah. It's a restorative piece. And the last thing I would say... There's a lot of advice I would give, to be honest, but the last thing I would say is self-compassion. Have the self-compassion for your story. Um, Have the self-compassion that you know yourself better than anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I would promote. Those are some of the things that I would say. Absolutely. That's great advice right there. Now, going back to what you said, to be yourself and find something that will make you happier, do what you love. How important is just being yourself when it comes to a man? Because I know a lot of people, I'm not going to say I know a lot of people, but I know there are some instances where there's some cases where people would try to do what other people want them to do just Mm -hmm. to, you know, have those other people, you know, validate that person or to find validation. So how important is it just for men to, hey, just do what you want to do, do what makes you happy, be yourself. And can you kind of go more in depth when you mean by just be yourself? Yeah, I will. I, I will. I mean, in my therapy practice, I promote that for everybody, and especially for men 
not especially i say for everybody yeah. especially i promote it but for men in particular that's what i would say is i really promote them getting to a place where they just speak their truth i think we all go through times of you know kind of wanting to maybe sometimes kind of see what other people are doing yep. or you know you know it, 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 to, to try to please some people are people pleasers it just depends yep. on what your personality is but what i would honestly promote what i honestly promote for people is to when you can find your voice and when you can get real secure and who that is as who you are as a person when you discover your likes and your dislikes and what you won't do what you will do you know the more you do that the more you the self-discovery process the more that you can differentiate yourself from those people that you don't have to do what everybody else is doing and you're okay to be who you are i really validate people i really promote that for men a whole lot because i understand the struggle is real right oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know it's real the struggle is real of wanting to sometimes we get caught up with comparing ourselves or you know wanting to do what the the joneses do but i really my practice and my therapy practice i really promote people really um finding their voice and speaking their truth and really really being their true authentic self oh yeah yeah, that's what I promote. Oh, yeah, and that's great right there. And I can attest to that. As of late, I feel like for me, this is probably the first time in my life where, you know, I'm really just becoming my own and finding myself. And I can attest to that where it is a better feeling, you know, when you're finally out here doing your own thing and you're feeling happy because you're doing it your way. So I feel like that oh, is... absolutely, yes. I feel yeah. like that's great right there. Now, you talked about earlier, you said your sons. So you being a mother, how many sons do you have? I have two sons. I'm a boy mom. Um, in my household at one point when they were younger I had all the male energy in the home right <laughs> I think it was myself the female energy and the, and the cats the female cats <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it <laughs> but I had this male energy and so with that being said it was important for me to tap into that male energy I'm, yep. I'm a female but I needed to promote these men these, these young men um, starting from when they came out of my womb yep. to be quite a you know, to be honest. Um, so they're 19 um, and 24 years old. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, being a mother, there's a saying out there. I, you know who Drake is, right? The rapper. Oh, yeah, because he shares the same birthday as my son that yes, turned 24. Yes, October 24th. Yes. Drake. <laughs> <laughs> so. We love you. <laughs> yes, we do love you, Drake. Now, Drake <laughs> said in one of his songs, he said, Word to Sandra Graham, his mother is Sandra Graham, no one can love you like your mother can. How true do you feel like that is that no one can love you as much as your mother loves you? It's true. <laughs> that's yep. it. That's all. I think when a woman and a mother decides that that's going to be her life-changing experience, that she's going to do everything even though it's not um, that she doesn't make mistakes. It's not yep. that she doesn't make really, really deep mistakes sometimes, but <laughs> that, she, um, that she was granted with this gift. Yes. Right, because that's what it is. I mean, you were gift, you were gifted. Um, these children, you were gifted these these young men, these babies, these male children. Um, and so you have when when a woman decides that that's what she and she knows that that's what she's gonna do. Um, she invests in her children from the time that that child is in her womb. It doesn't even have to be when she, they come out. It's when in, in utero, okay, that yep. they make a decision. And so yeah, it's a love. It's a love that. It doesn't mean that no other woman can love your son. Yeah. You know, but it means that that love that you have when you've 
um, made the commitment. <laughs> yep. Is 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 what it is. There's nothing like. There's no other, right? There's yep. no other. And what it, what was that like? Just being a mother and watching your two sons just blossom and grow into what they are now. Just what is that like? And what was that? What is that feeling? I'm not gonna say what was that feeling. What is that feeling like? feeling it's a wonderful feeling I think when I was in it I mean I was a single mom their dads were active um but they were in the household with me you know so when you primarily have your children in the home you're their primary caregiver you know um as a single mom and so it was very important that I understood I was raising male children you know to be to be male adults right and so (laughs) to be men yeah um and so my frame of reference was coming from a female. So because I am a female, but I also understood emotionally um, that men have different needs sometimes. And um, and so I made sure that I tried to fulfill um, and put things in the in their lives that would promote the growth and their well-being and their spiritual well-being. There was a, a 2003 article from Essence magazine. It was it was called it was a segment called Ask Ayanla. Okay. 2003 I was pregnant with Miles and 2003 my older son was uh Jordan was 20 uh, was 2 or excuse me 4 years old in yep. 2003, four and a half. And an article I was reading while I was pregnant it a woman wrote in and she said dear Ayala, I'm a single mom I'm a single parent of a nine year old prince and um, um, I'm in a crisis she said I, She said, I know I'm raising my son with God's help and I'm not alone but can you help me understand what I need to, to do to help him grow into a self assured loving uh, having moral, morally grounded strong man yeah. can you help me tell me what you know give me some advice she said, it devastates me to see so many of our men and sons without meaningful connections and compassion, without achievements or direction. So how can I promote, um, you know, being a single mom, what can I do for my, my son? And Ayama wrote back, and I, and I swear, I took this, I ripped it out of the Essence magazine, 2003, and I went to Kinko's, which is FedEx office now, okay. and I had it, had it laminated. And Ayala, these are the, and this is what I stuck by the whole time I was raising my children. Ayala wrote back and said, "Here are the tools for success for your young, your prince. Affirmation: Tell your son when he does something well. Let him know ways he can improve. Okay. Um, ex- acceptance: Your words are powerful. Limit criticism and, and comparisons." She said, "Discernment." Talk to him about appropriate and inappropriate behavior, choices, and consequences. Possibilities. Resist the temptation to voice your fear. It limits him. It'll crush him. So limit your uh, your, your your temptations to to put any fears in him. Like you can't do, you can't say, you can't, you know. Yeah. Um, unless it's appropriate or inappropriate. Yeah. That's different. Um, responsibility. Give him things to do to stretch his sense of competence. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, accountability. Um, have given chores, responsibilities, faith. Help them develop an intimate relationship with the creator. Um, recreation. Make sure you enroll them in pro source pro social activities and learning. Okay. And you know, the whole time I was raising them, now they're men, right? Young men. Yep. Twenty four and nineteen. 
that's I every day I put that on my refrigerator and every time I would get weary I would reference that and I still have it and I read it to you because that's proof that I have it it's yeah. still on my refrigerator um something that I've referenced to my therapy clients when single parents moms and dads would say I don't know how to raise these boys um and that's I made copies for people yeah. and I just you know it resonated for me and, and I stuck to that my own faith and my own self-care was important as well you know yep. making sure I was making sure I was checking in with myself emotionally and mental health wise and I was doing what I needed to do to be healthy and good so going to checkups for my physical health and my well-being and my mental health and well-being because you got to be good yep. for yourself to be good for somebody else it's kind of like that analogy of yep. putting on your own oxygen mask before assisting others it's true <laughs> i like i like that is true i like that that's great right it's there true. It's it is true, true. <laughs> it is true and i like how you said that now you talked about spiritually what do you mm-hmm. mean when you mean spiritually just for anyone out there that doesn't know what would you mean by spiritually what I promote spiritually for my therapy clients are, is that I understand you're not going to have what my belief is, but I promote a belief system. Yeah. So what I mean by that is spirituality is connecting yourself to, uh, it doesn't have to be God, right? It could be Buddha, it could be uh, a rock that you go to and pray to, or that you, you know, it could be nature, but it needs to be a belief system that leads you to the spiritual, that it opens you up to be able to release um, into the universe, yep. to release into the atmosphere. And that's what I mean by spirituality. You need a release. You need the connection. You need to resonate with something. Um, that's my meaning of spirituality for for other people. It's not always going to look the same. Um, so I don't impose my own beliefs on people now. Yep. You know, I don't. I just say, but I do know that it's very important to get in touch spiritually with something that resonates with you. I will say that. Yep, that's great. That's great. Now, DJ, when we were at the Porterhouse about two weeks ago for Jordan's birthday, you delivered. Great restaurant. Wasn't that a great restaurant, Andy? Great, great restaurant. $60 steak was totally worth it, in my opinion. (laughs) And just like the the broccoli they had with it, too, as a side, it was like this big piece of broccoli. Like, I don't. crazy right it was the whole head of broccoli it was just awesome <laughs> it was great it was great but while we were at that dinner you gave a i feel like a heart you know well-meaning speech it was a great speech and you talked about you know as men as minorities mm-hmm. i now i can't really remember what you said Do you know exactly more about what you said because it was a great speech and since okay. ever since you've given that speech you know i've really I've thought back about it a couple of times. Do you know exactly what you said when you talked about men in group of minority? Um, I feel like it was a promotion of men of color, of BIPOC, you know, black indigenous people and men of color um, who happened to be at the, the, in the setting of at, at the porterhouse. That was every single man, every single one of you all. I was the only lady present and you all treated me so well and kind. Um, but and, and that the friendships that had lasted, right? The friendships yeah. that have throughout the years, the promotion of men of color um, is another passion. So you could say that's a side, a sub passion, not of, of from men's mental health, but a mental health of men of color because of the trauma, you know, marginalization and the trauma that experiences that can really be intergenerational. And so it's a, just a. Um, I, I saw when I looked out into um, all of you all sitting there, this gr- great group of men 
um, that have loved on one another, have promoted one another, have uplifted one another. And I, it was a speech about encouraging you guys to continue to do that as men, right? Yep. Continuing to um, find a village um, of support amongst one another. And if you, if there's new people that come into that village that can support you, that they can, they can validate you, that can be positive for you. There's nothing wrong with incorporating new people into the village as well yeah definitely <laughs> definitely i love that i love that there's not like you said there's nothing wrong with incorporating new people in your village as long as you know i feel like as long as they have what's to say as long as they have you know they're, if they're in your best interest you know what i mean as long as they know that they're in your best interest and they want nothing but the best for you now you talked about you know Actually, you didn't talk about it. This is what I wanted to say. Now, obviously, as men and women, too, everyone makes mistakes from time to time, right? But let's talk about the men aspect of it just because we're talking about men's mental health on this podcast. You know, men, they make mistakes, right? They might do something that wasn't right or was wrong. How important do you think that is for their mental that if they do something wrong or if they do something bad, just not to be down on it? Because I know for me, a couple of times in my life, if I made a mistake or if I did something wrong or if I disappointed someone, but, you know, it was on accident or... You know, knowing me, I know I'm a pure guy. I know I have a good soul, I have a good heart. But there was times where, you know, if I did something that would disappoint someone, I'd take, I'd take that to heart and I'd really, you know, let it bring down my mood because I know that's not who I am as a person. How important is it for men, if they make a mistake, just to keep on pushing and to not let that mistake affect their mental health? I think it's really important to understand that we all have made mistakes. And I know that, you know, those things, when you're on your pathway to healing, which people don't know, when you're on your pathway to changing, um, it, those things kind of sneak up, you know. Yep. Now, as a Christian woman, I would say the devil gets busy. Okay? Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, especially if you're doing things differently from when you did when you made that mistake, right? You know, you know what I mean? Like, that's when it seems to kind of become very pronounced when we're trying to make changes in our lives and oh here's this thing that i did right here's a, that mistake and it's just really came back to bite me and i think about it all the time and i'm ruminating about it um yeah. but here's what i would say about that um everybody um has made some sort of mistake in their life and as long as we're striving to for the betterment of ourselves the protection of ourselves and those around us also, if those things become so prevalent where they're really becoming disruptive, that's a good time to seek uh, some some therapy, mental health counseling, um, so that you can, because uh, sometimes, you know, it's not that easy, right? Just to stop yeah. thinking about it because it has really kind of manifested itself. So I would promote, that's a good time to promote, you know, talking to someone about it so that you can forgive yourself. Because self-forgiveness is a big, 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 exactly. big thing. A lot of, like, about 80% of my therapy clients <laughs> yep. have a hard time. They struggle with self-forgiveness. Um, they also struggle with self-compassion, okay? Um, and it's just a part of growth. We've all made those kinds of mistakes we have. And, again, my Christian my Christian viewpoint say, yep, the devil gets busy when you're yep. trying to heal or when you're trying to move into a different direction. It, um, and so you get reminded of those things. When the, we call those ruminations, and that's a little, that's going to be a symptom of depression. Okay. And so that would be something of me saying, hey, you know, um, if you're not going to, if you don't want to seek a therapy counselor or therapist, uh, put a village of support together that you know of trustworthy people and men and women too. Friends, we have, men have great female friends and females have great men, male friends. Yeah. Um, but a village that's, that you can really trust. You know that yep. you can really trust with your 
you know, just expressing of, you know, man, I'm really beating myself up about some stuff that I did in my past, you know, so that you can get that support. That support. Yeah. That's great right there. And like I said, I love how you talked about just having a village of people. That can go a long way. I know for me, my friend group, adding Jordan and Miles into my friend group. It was about four years ago I met your sons, Jordan and Miles. I was a senior in high school. And ever since I know them, we've just we've clicked just like that. You know, Jordan and Miles, they're great people. They're like family to me, like my brothers. They always we have our text group and, you know, we're always out there motivating one another. And that just goes a long way for the audience for anyone out there listening having a great support system goes a long way now there's going to be times where you know your support system Deidre you can back me up where your support system you're going to disagree on a couple of things you know what I mean you might not always be on the same page but as long as the end of the day you're always there for each other and you're always just looking out for each other that's all that matters like I said on this podcast multiple times you know every couple or every friend or every family member they're going to fight they're going to argue but you know that fight argument is never going to be more important than the bond you share and if that fight and argument is more important than the bond you share then they are never really with you so i really like how you said just having that village of people because a lot of people need to know that and it's okay like you said to talk about your feelings as a man i know they have that saying take it like a man or you can't be soft but don't let that get to you because if you let that get to you if you never express your feelings then you're just gonna be stuck and that's not good and DJ, I really, I really love everything you've said, and you, and you're just, you're, you're a great person. I want you to know that what you're doing is great. Keep it up, and Thank it's you. really, it's helped. And the, I know, the first time we met, like I said, was two and a half weeks ago. But ever since then, ever since you delivered that heart and welcoming speech, and we talked a little bit one on one at the porterhouse, you know, my motivation has gotten a lot. Like it's gotten a lot more. It's just gotten a lot better. And you know, I do this podcast because. Like I said, I don't do it for, you know, I don't do it for the clout, like people say, or I don't do it just to have followers or streams. I do it because I want to send a message and I want to help people. And I feel like what you're doing is really great. And I really appreciate you coming on my podcast. That means a lot to me to actually have a license. Like you said, men's mental health advocate, everything that you do is really great. And I really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And it was a pleasure that you even asked me to be here. I was honored. Um, It's a great platform. Um, it's something that I'm so passionate, of, you know, for obviously I'm, this is the field that I'm in, right? Yep. But when you're talking about men's mental health and men's health overall, and that subcategory of, men, of mental health, it's just it's been such a, 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 a passion of mine. I will advocate it to the ends of the earth and back until I'm like I like I'm here no longer on this earth. It's going to be that thing for me because I'm again raising two boys and always making sure you know that I promoted that for them. And so there's just been extensions where uh, I just have this passion for guys, right? I mean, and, you know, and, and not no weird ways, but just yeah. because I see the vulnerabilities yeah. uh, and the messages that men get um, and the disparities that can be created uh, for men when they're getting those mixed messages. And I just want to be here. If one person can be here to make a change, you know, we can make a change, right? Yep. We can, right? right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We can make a change. One person can make a change. And so my change is if I can make that message be different for men about how they can they can express themselves, how they how they can say no, how they don't always have to suck it up. There's a better health commercial that this man is in the gym or he's I don't know. He has a a weight on him. Like This weight is like a ton. It's like a couple tons. Like Mm -hmm. it's like the, the, the prehistoric type of rock on him. 
and back from back in the day like you would never it was a boulder you would never be able to get it up it was on his chest and it's a better health commercial and somebody comes along and says man can i help you yep and he goes no i got it yep but it's but he's suffocating because the chest is on his chest it's caving in um and so i just i want men's no it's okay if you don't have it yeah, and again, exactly. I will advocate to the ends of the earth and back for, for that. For people overall in general, for their mental health, for men in particular, because I see the disparities um, and the messages, the societal messages that create barriers to mental health for men, you know, of getting the help that they need. That's well said. It's well said. Thank it's you. great, great message. Now, before I end it, I always have my guests, I always say to them is there any last words you'd like to say is there anyone you'd like to shout out just anything else you'd like to say before we end it here um i want to shout it out to my sons i mean they've you know they've had a mother that um has made mistakes they've forgiven me i've forgiven them um but we've kept things in the forefront as far as positivity i've seen how they uh are are good with their friends you know what i mean they're they're loving and they're kind um they're compassionate men they're They'll voice their truths, you know, they'll speak their truths. Um, that's all those things that I wanted to promote, you know, and so I want to give a shout out to them. Jordan Miles, woo woo. Yes. Shout out Drake always. Shout out Drake always. I love it. I love it. Deidre, thank you so much. Like I said, it's an honor to have you on this podcast. What you're doing, I know I said it earlier, but what you're doing is great. And for anybody out there, if you need anyone to talk to, Hit Deidre up. I will have. Do you have? You don't have. Do you have a business card or business information that I can put in the description when I do this podcast so I can let anyone know? Yeah, I do. I will. I will. I take a snapshot of it. Okay. okay and I will send it to you. All right. That's great. And, and the message in the Facebook messaging. All right. That's um, great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to give a shout out to you. Thank you. Know, you. For having me and for having that be on your mental, you know, that I didn't know my speech would affect people like that, you know what I mean? It was just coming from a heartfelt situation, um, honoring my son, and so if it helped create some change, then, I mean, I'm good with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you so much, and DJ, like I said, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I gotta have, I'm, I feel like I'm gonna have to have you in the podcast more than once, if that's cool with you. If we can have you on the podcast again sometime, we'll have to... Because I know people listening to this podcast, they lo- they're going to love what you said. So I really appreciate you, Deidre. You're welcome, Andy. And I would be happy to come back and be a guest again if you want to do a once-a-month thing or whatever, you know, some follow-up stuff or different topics. Oh, yeah. That would be my pleasure, okay? Oh, yeah, a lot of things. Well, with that being said, I'll let you go, Deidre. You have a good one. Stay blessed as always, and thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's it, folks. That is it. Wow. We are at the 39-minute mark for my podcast, and I felt like that was the best podcast I just had. I felt like that was the best guest I just had. It was a new guest, and Deidre, she was great. She was great. She killed it. (laughs) I'm speechless. You know, I didn't record a podcast episode Sunday because, like I said, I was busy just with family and other stuff going on and i also wanted to go back and re-listen to all my other podcast episodes i had and i wanted to see what i had to work on what i had to fix and i know there's a lot of stuff i have to work on fixing this podcast i'm not going to talk about that 
but I just wanted to have this one episode where it's just perfect. This is great. And I feel like this is going to be the episode. Deidre, she did really good. She's an advocate for men's mental health. She's a licensed therapist for relationship counseling, like she said. And I will have her contact information in the description below. If anyone needs to go out and wants to reach out to Deidre, if she felt like she, if you guys felt like she gave valid points, valid reasonings, hit her up. Hit her up. Like I said, I met Deidre two and a half weeks ago at the Porter House. And, you know, she didn't know who I was. I didn't know who she was. And she was instantly willing to hear what I had to say and give me the advice. And she didn't know who I was, like I said. And that's great of her. And I love and appreciate that for her, from her. Sorry if I'm mumbling or stumbling on my words, but she did great. With that being said, guys, it's 6 p.m. right now. That's crazy. We just hit 6 p.m. What better way to end the podcast than to hit the 6 p.m. mark? I love you guys. You guys are loved. You guys know that. Reach out to me if you ever need anything. If you ever want to talk, reach out to me. I put my socials in the description for a reason so you guys can reach out to me. Much love, you guys. I hope y'all stay blessed. I hope y'all stay loved. I hope y'all stay happy. I hope y'all find peace and comfort in whatever it is you're doing. Two more days up to the week, and then it's the weekend, baby. Hope y'all have a great weekend. We will see y'all again. Not see y'all. Y'all hear me again on Sunday for our Sunday night talks with another guest. I love y'all. Y'all stay blessed, man. Peace.